0: Last week we talked about what it is to be outrageously loving and today uh, I just want to reiterate something. I actually forgot one of the blanks last week in this service so I made it the same blank again and it's the first one. I want us to focus in on it as we get rolling here together. Um, The Bible actually says iron sharpens iron and when we together connect in community in in a personal interacting relationship we're sharper as a result. That's the reference it's talking about And so, iron sharpens iron. When we're together, we're sharpened. And you will settle for being uh, spiritually dull if you practice disconnected Christianity. And I just felt that was an important point that we need to reiterate. I wanted to bring back uh, this week and focus in. You will simply not be everything God has called you to be if you just show up and attend a church service. I know that that is so um, prevalent in the society that you and I live in, but that is not God's plan for your life. Jesus didn't die so you could merely go to church. How me you know that's true. And so I want to challenge you. Let's engage on a level of really being involved. Let your heart be involved as I'm talking this morning. I just prayed Lord. Don't let me get up and give my best speech today I've got a great message for you some really cool ideas and thoughts that I've never even thought before and and I'm really excited about all of it But it's not the point how many of you know he is the point. It's not about hearing a good speaker It's about encountering the Savior. And so I want to challenge you Let's open our hearts to receive everything he desires for us to have father we receive in the name of Jesus, there's something about connecting our lives together congregationally under the teaching and preaching of your word. There's something about connecting our lives in the smaller setting in our community groups and building those friendship relationships where we move from shoulder to shoulder, being face to face. Teach us today, Lord, to understand more of what you're desiring for our lives. Forgive us, God, where we have been such consumers that we've decided what we want from you instead of listening to what you are asking of us. Help us to see that, know that, and respond to that today. Reach deep within our hearts, Lord, I pray. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Fully known, this is our 2019 emphasis, you are fully known by God, you are fully loved by God. We're going to talk about this all year long. And I knew last week the Holy Spirit had spoken to me that he was going to go deep. And I, I saw that in the message, but more so as I visited various community groups having these conversations and interactions I watched as people, and myself included, we were struggling with something deep within us, uh, the inner mechanism of really understanding what it is to be fully known by God and fully loved by God. It's easy for me to feel like you love me if you don't really know everything about me. But once you know more about me, the question is, will you continue to love me? Anybody here uh, dealing with that in their own life? And so this is a year of God really unpacking some of that deep within us. And uh, it's amazing. But he who knows you the best loves you the most. Aren't you glad? He who knows you the best loves you the most. And so what we're going to do is step into an emphasis of this in many directions. Um, 13 days from today. One week from Saturday, we are going to have a, a morning extraordinaire on January the 26th, right? The 26th from 9 to noon. And we have um, Rhonda Broil, who is a professional strength finder presenter. Who is going to be with us that morning. It's a free event. We put it on Eventbrite so that it's a community event. It's not a church service. You're not going to show up and we're going to have worship. It really is just a three-hour focus of understanding you. I promise you, you don't understand you the way you need to understand you. God wants you to know more about how he designed you. And this morning is going to be three hours of enlightening. It'll be funny, hilarious. Rhonda's one of the most phenomenal presenters uh, I've heard. And so I want to invite you to plan to come for that, invest in that. I want to call on the men in the house. And I want to say, those of you uh, that are married and and leading the charge in a household, be the spiritual leader of your home and take the opportunity of things like this, not to sit back and say, you know, is this something that I might enjoy? But let's lead the charge and let's take responsibility and let's help our family see the value of the things that God is wanting us to accomplish. And I want to call on all of you. Don't just listen to this and say, well, that sounds like it might be interesting. I want you to think about, not like a consumer, I'll have a little taste if I like it. Not, Not like that. I want you to think like a ministry leader that God's called you to be. And I want you to think not not just about you in this event, but something like this would be something co-workers, friends, neighbors, people that you're in relationship with would find very interesting, very intriguing. We're not going to give them uh, the gospel of Jesus on that particular morning. We're making it a community event on purpose. Uh, they will be uh, awakened to a deeper purpose and we'll invite them, of course, further in that. But I, I just want you to know this is a great avenue for you to invite somebody in where we can begin to make that connection and it will help them. I believe marriages can be saved from the information that we're going to hear on that particular morning, just understanding more about each other. Tracy and I have talked about this so often in our own marriage and, and there were things about her that so frustrated me and things about me that so frustrated her, especially early on in our marriage relationship, until we finally learned to understand the other person. How many of you know a lack of understanding produces great frustration in our lives? And so this is one of those mornings that I believe is just the light will come on, not just for you and other people, but for you and yourself. And so um, it's a free event, Child care will be provided for $5 a child, but it will most benefit you if you will go through their book, the Finders book. And we have these in the lobby. You can pick them up for $20, and it has an online code. You can take the test, and it'll help you a lot just understanding. So um, I'm going to talk passionately pursuing. I'm going to give this book to the person in the next five seconds that passionately pursues this book more than anybody else. I mean, my goodness, I saw Alberto immediately. Alberto immediately lifted his hand. I ran in my- That was very good, very good. I'm gonna give you a discount, Rosalia. I'm gonna give you a discount, go in the lobby. We're gonna sell you not a book for 20, but two for 40. Just special deal. For you today. Wonderful. Oh, passionately pursuing. Hey, did, did you get the card last week? Our core values on the card. I'm gonna be addressing that. These are out in the lobby. You can pick them up if you didn't. Keep it in your Bible while you're turning the page and uh, and you'll be able to focus in on this. But this is the focus. This is what we believe God's spoken to us as a church family. Five key things. Five key things that we center around. It always starts with love. We are outrageously loving people who passionately pursue our God with irrationally giving lifestyles. It's important that we understand those concepts and ideas as we consistently submit to God's desires and effectively disciple others to do the same. Those are the five things that we, if you hang around this bunch for very long, those are the five strategic deposits God is going to make in your life. You will first and foremost become an outrageously loving person. Not just a loving person, outrageously loving person. How many of you know, if you will awaken that in your life, it'll change everything about who you are. Harvard produced a research that said uh, 92% of a person's ability to get a promotion has to do with their willingness to get along with people around them. If you'll learn to be an outrageously... A uh, loving person then you'll find yourself getting promotions and invitations and like and, you know instead of trying to get somebody to like you just love them it's amazing how that'll open so many more doorways in your life as you walk this out and today as we talk about this being a passionately uh, pursuing individual who's really pursuing the things of God that's what I want us to understand listen God did not love you back God loved you first and this is a really important statement for everything we're going to talk about today. Your response determines God's reach. He didn't love you back. He loved you first. And your willingness to respond to his love to you determines his reach into your life. And that's why when we come into this forum and, and we're, we're, it's why we promote and, and encourage people, have a response to what God is revealing. Listen, when I come and I hear somebody speak, I'm not just going to sit and say, you know, do I like that? Again, that's a consumer mindset, but really a participant mindset, a ministry mindset is that which resonates with me will suddenly get a sound of heaven from my own heart in declaration. Yes, amen. I receive that. I release that in this room. And I want to just challenge you to be those kind of people that walk this out in your everyday life. This is who we are. The mark of a passionate pursuit is on you. We are marked by God to be people as a Destiny family. We are marked by God to be people who passionately pursue our God. So I encourage you in this as we walk through uh, these five core values, think about how they apply in your own life and how you can lead your family in these. This last week we sat around the table, my family and I having a dinner conversation like we'll do with a family night focus, and we simply talked and we asked these questions, where have you been reading in the Bible? We do the turn the page, and so different ones of us are in different places of Scripture. Where have you been reading in the Bible, and what has God been speaking to you? And as we began to talk, the girls started sharing uh, a couple of things about, man, people in the Bible were so disobedient. Like, God's people were constantly disobedient. Has anyone ever read that in the Bible? Anyone ever find a sense of personal relief by reading that in the Bible? Like, people were so disobedient in the Bible, and God, like, relentlessly chased after them and pursued them constantly. Constantly, always having a plan, no matter how horrible their mistake. There were many times consequences for their, their mistakes in their, in their lives, but God was always there to redeem them and restore them. And we began to have a little bit of that conversation. And I, I want to say that to you because I want you to understand that's the context of the verse that I want to start with in Isaiah 64. The people of God had strayed away and nobody was interested in the things of God. And the Bible says, and there is none that calls on your name and stirs up himself to take hold of you. I want to say, let that never be spoken of our generation. Let that never be spoken of this house. Come on. Let's stir ourselves up today to take hold of the things of God. Will you join me? Stir your heart up. Declare we are receiving everything God wants to deposit and release within us. See the way God transforms society is he awakens something within you to transform the world around you. God doesn't start with a movement. He starts with a person. He always awakens something within the man or the woman that releases the movement around them. It's like we're sometimes sitting back saying, I'm waiting for the move of God. You are the move of God. Stir yourself up to take hold of the things of God. I've been asking this week, particularly, I've been praying and preparing for this message for about a month, and and this week I've really honed in on it and focused on it, and I've just been saying, Lord, make us passionate, you know, help us just to have a a deep-seated pursuit of the things of God. How many of you will be the answer to that prayer? You'll allow God in today. Who will go, who will take a step, whatever that step is? Who's willing to take a step and go forward just a little more in your relationship with God? This is what God began to speak to me as I was praying. Lord, help us to be passionate pursuers of God. And I began to sense God speaking to me. This is so, so strategic for today. He wants to tamper with our priorities to address our passion. When God begins to deepen your passion, it's because he aligns your priorities to release a greater passion in a certain specific direction so your, your priorities are really about your values. What do you value? Because what you value is a really significant part of what we need to look at today. I want to talk about value. If I take one dollar and I divide it four ways, what do I have? Quarters. But if I take that same dollar and I divide it a hundred ways, what do I have? Pennies. So if I divide a dollar by four, I get quarters. If I divide a dollar by A hundred, I get pennies, and I want you to know the value of the investment of your life is utterly determined by the way you divide your time. Tracy cannot be a penny person in my life. She's my wife. But when I spread myself so thin in so many directions, and I give her the penny because it's all I have, then what I'm saying is our relationship really isn't a priority. Come on, we live in a world where everybody's friends with everybody. Most of us in here are Facebook friends. We've got friends here and friends there, conversations, interruptions. People can message and you know, contact and reach out. We can have an array of, of conversations, and we need to be very aware that the Bible actually says a person of many friends will come to ruin. What is that talking about? It's saying when you divide your dollar by 100 and try and p- treat everybody with great priority, your value is diminishing and nobody has any priority in your life. Is your life... This, this, is the, this, is the, this is the painful moment. Are you ready for this? Is your life spread too thin to be all God has called you to be? Sometimes I preach, sometimes I pray. I just, Lord, I know that you need us to let you in to do what you desire to do. I pray that we would understand your conviction is about your protection. And you are trying to save us from ourselves. You're trying to save us from a societal conclusion where the norm of society dictates the priorities of our lives. We want to be men and women of God. Men and women of the priorities of God, teach us to walk that out. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. The value of the investment of your life is determined by how you divide it. Maybe you don't need to do more to be more effective, but maybe you need to do less more effectively. You know, the common thing I hear from the turn the page, and, and the turn the page challenge is explained on the back of this because it's such an important thing. We put it on the back of the core values. But you get an old-fashioned Bible. You start in Genesis, Genesis 1, right at the, day at the top of the page, and every day, turn one page. So you're reading this page, this page, and then the next day, you turn the page, this page. It's, it's really simple, isn't it? So simple, that's what makes it so powerful. But the number one thing that people say to me is, people who read their Bibles uh, and they start this, is, man, I just... That's not much reading. That's not much reading. Uh, you know, two things. One, Tracy mentioned she's reading the corresponding Psalms date, you know, in addition to her turn the page. And maybe you do that with Proverbs or however, Old Testament, New Testament. But maybe, maybe you need to alleviate the feeling of needing to perform for God and simply pursue Him from a more enriched perspective. You know, take those those moments where you're reading. And actually engage on a deeper level with what's on the page. Don't just read the book. Sit with the author. Take the time to hear his heart in what you're reading. Let's go deeper. You know, reading the Bible without meditating on what you've read, think about it. It's like swallowing your food without chewing what you've bitten. (laughs) Reading without meditating is like eating without chewing. So take the time to chew. Read it. Rehearse it. Memorize it. Meditate on it. Pray it. What's God wanting to reveal? Maybe less is more in the way we passionately pursue our God when we're willing to recognize this idea. Life's greatest treasures, next blank, life's greatest treasures are undervalued and overlooked when we are overcommitted and underconnected. We live in a society that is very overcommitted. We live in a society that is very underconnected. And the the the, the mode becomes, we just divide our lives into a hundred pennies and just spread it as much as we possibly can. You know that you need to learn to say no sometimes? In fact, your yes becomes more powerful when your no becomes more regular. So this week, we're going to really address this. and in, in these 40 days, we're focusing in with all of our community groups And I want to invite you to attend one of the community groups in this 40 days. And I'll just go ahead and give you one of the questions that we're going to talk about in our groups this week. What are the top three things that matter to you the most? Think about that. You'll 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 be talking about that this week. What are the top three things that matter the most to you? And then the next question is going to be, what do you believe are the top three things that matter to God and how do those line up? It's a really great question. It's great for you to hear me speak a sermon uh, and get the idea kind of, you know, deposited in your heart. It's another thing for you to really walk that out in conversation with like-minded believers who really want to grow in their relationship with the Lord. So I invite you to find that that group this week that you can connect with and have those conversations. Here's the thing that I, I want you to truly understand. What you desire. I want you to think, what do you what's something in your life you desire? Get it in your mind. What you desire, you will pursue. So the question is, what do you desire? And the answer is clearly seen in what you pursue. Whatever you pursue, that's what you desire. The Bible says in Mark chapter 10, a man ran up to Jesus and knelt before him and asked him, good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, you know the commandments, don't murder Don't bear false witness. Uh, Don't commit adultery. Don't steal. Don't bear false witness. Do not defraud. Honor your father and mother. Verse 20. And he said to him, Teacher, I have kept all these things from my youth up. Looking at him, Jesus felt a love for him and said to him, One thing you lack. Here comes. Go and sell all you possess and give to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven And come follow me. But at these words he was saddened and he went away grieving. For he was one who owned much property. He had much. To whom much is given, much is required. I've learned this. When we are full of other things, we have no appetite for the things of God. When our lives have been divided into a hundred pennies. We're full of other things. We're doing so many. I mean, so I've got so much stuff I've got to do. I've got my kid in every possible club they could get involved in, every possible activity, and I'm running in every possible direction. What are we? Tre- what are we teaching our children? What are we? What are we? What kind of generation are we raising up when we teach them just to be a life full of pennies? What are the priorities? Is church another club? I mean, it's a cool club, man. It's great. We come to church at this club when we're not doing something with the other club. We You know, have you ever been in those clubs, those connections, and you build those relationships, and there's a real sense of relationship that's born in that? Let me just ask you, is there any different sense of relationship you're finding here that you're finding in soccer moms and and basketball or whatever the club may be, the other parents? Is there any difference? Because there should be, this is the church. The church should be a marked expression of God's love as a family unlike anything else on the planet. This is my deep, deep conviction, and, and it's not just because I'm a pastor, it's because I'm a Christian, and this was something Tracy and I resolved early on in our marriage as we first started, that we are going to honor the priorities of God, first and foremost in our lives, and this is really amazing when you look at this, because what, what Jesus was doing and in releasing in, in, in him, he was saying, what you desire, you will pursue, and you're, desiring, you're, you're pursuing some things that God doesn't desire you've allowed yourself to be consumed with your riches. Now, it's really wild because you need to understand you were born for more than what you've experienced in this world. How many of you want more? I want more. Anybody here been driving on the highway and you get in that lane of traffic and the slow person's in front of you and, and you do what? You slip over in the other lane to go on past them, right? You just get over and then that lane slows down and you want to cuss, but you don't because you're on the Daniel fast and you're trying to be really good in these 21 days. And so there they slow down and now you just zip back over in this lane and, and you just start fighting. Why? Because you're born for more than being stuck in traffic. There's something in you that's born for more. I mean, there's something in every one of us. It's great when you get a promotion, but I don't even know that promotion is only exciting for a while, and then you know I'm born for more. There's always something more, because God created you for something beyond what this world can ever provide. The the greatest moment this world has to offer will never satisfy your life. Jesus was trying to help him understand this, and this is so powerful because in Mark 10 it goes on just a few verses later the disciples are saying man you're tripping us out talking to this guy telling us so i mean that's hard stuff that's difficult lord how can anybody how can anybody meet the standard when you lay it out like that and then and Jesus says this in verse 29 truly i tell you jesus replied no one has left home or brothers or sisters mother or father or children or fields no one's left stuff people or stuff for me and the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age, this present age, and in the age to come, eternal life. Now this is where you start getting into some conversation that people get a little uncomfortable with. The prosperity gospel. Can I get an amen? Can I get a $5 bill? Right? You start getting really nervous when we start talking about this, but I'm just telling you the words of Jesus. Nothing you give to the kingdom of God will be void, but you will receive, the Bible said, a hundred times as much in this age and in the age to come. Now, I want to take you on a journey to understand this, and I want to do it in a way that that you really get it. We don't pass buckets You notice we're not going to have buckets, and you know, stand up, give you the offering pitch, and then we pass the buckets. You can invite your friends and family here, and we're not going to pass buckets to them. And uh, but, but we do believe in tithing. Tithing has always been a part of God's plan for worship. It always has before the church, before the before the law, tithing was a part of worship. And so you should learn what that is because it unlocks something in your life, deep within your soul. It's an important thing that you understand. But this is what happened. I I began to just sense and talk to our leaders and said, you know, I just feel the Lord is wanting us to move into a deeper revelation of what our giving is all about. So we're no longer going to pass buckets, but we're going to introduce giving stations. That's what those are on the wall back there. And so during worship, you'll notice some people during worship as an act of worship will go back there and they'll stand there and deposit a check in that. They'll give their, their tithe, their offering. Some people are giving online, however they're doing that. And they're declaring that we're serving notice on the enemy and advancing God's kingdom in the earth. And so we set that into motion. It's been great. It's been beautiful. But what's crazy is like a year or so afterward, different pastors that I know, they said these words to me, and, and, and I want you to really process where I'm going with this. They said, so you went to giving stations. Does that really work? I know what they're asking. Are you able to survive? Like, can you pay the electric bill that you've gone to giving stations? But, but listen, I want to just challenge you. They're asking the wrong question. Does that work? We're the body of Christ. Does that work? Listen, our devotion must be born from our conviction, not our pursuit of that which works. Are you hearing me? So the same thing for you. You give, you bring your tithe before the Lord and you sow that into the kingdom. And I'm not talking about trying to be generous. I'm talking about the place where you get spiritually fed. That's your storehouse. And when you sow, Jesus said, it'll come back. And don't, don't get into the trap and say, well, does that really work? It's not about what works. It's about devotion being born from conviction. You are deeper than that. I'm speaking to something deeper in you than this surface level societal Christianity that has watered the gospel down so much that we've trained up a bunch of consumers who show up to church to see what they can get and they don't have any concept for what it is to sacrificially serve, love, and give and see the kingdom expand in the world around them. Come on, I'm preaching to you today. This Tuesday is Dr. King's birthday. Third Monday of January is Martin Luther King Jr. Day. We celebrate a man who chose not to take the easy path, but he made some decisions that literally impacted every generation after him that would ever come. And he made this statement, human progress, how many of you want progress? You're born for more. I'm calling to a passionate pursuit that God wants to awaken in your life. You're going to have to lay some things down. You know what they're worth? About a penny. Lay them down so that your investments are more valuable. He said human progress is neither automatic nor is it inevitable. There must be sacrifice, suffering, struggle, passion, and dedication. You are a world changer. You are, a, you are called by God. It is God's will that you take every gift he has entrusted to your care and you apply it forcefully in the kingdom of God, seeing God's kingdom advance and the kingdom of hell retreat in Jesus' mighty name. I'm going to ask the worship team to come as I explain this analogy that we talk about a lot in this room. We do not come to church like we're going to the movies. Again, we live in a day where church has made going to church as much like going to the movies as possible. And as long as we can entertain you, then you'll be wanting to come back. What I have learned in that trap, and we were given to that trap for a season of time, under my care and leadership, I was leading the charge. We were coming up with all kinds of creative ideas, whatever it takes to attract people. And this is what I've learned. Whatever you do to attract people, that's what you'll have to do to keep people. And I don't want to be a clown leading a circus up here doing a song and dance, (laughs) so you'll keep coming back. This is about Jesus. And so here we are at the gym. We don't like going to the movies. We're like going to the gym. That's why you say amen. What are you doing? You're working at your spiritual muscles. I say, Jesus is Lord. And you say, amen. How many of you are ready? Man, you ready? You come in this house. It's not like going to the movies where you watch. It's going to the gym. I'm your coach. I want you to sweat spiritually. I want to wake up something in you. I want you to be stronger when you walk out of here than when you walked into this place. I want something of the kingdom of God to be unlocked in your life. God is able. How many of you are doing some type of version of the fast, the Daniel fast or something like that? Raise your hand. I said something last week, and I just want to reiterate it this week because I lived it out this week. As soon as you start fasting, people are going to try and give you food. I got this invitation, pastor's gathering. So Tracy and I go into this pastor's gathering, banquet food. Sit down at the table. Banquet food's a lot of meat, by the way. Daniel fasts for me. He's no meat, no sweet. So the first thing I'm faced with is meat, walking on this thing. And, and then, then I go sit down at my table. I'm sitting at my table, and, and if you know me, you know my, I, I talk about I love frosting. I love double-stuffed Oreo cookies dipped in a bucket of frosting. That's how much I like frosting. I will bite the top of a, of a cupcake and throw the muffin away, because that's just Bread. Give me frosting. And and I sat down at the table. I bypassed the meat. I was a good boy. Tracy was there, so I was good. (laughs) Little junior Holy Spirit over here. (laughs) So so I sat down at the table, and I'm sitting at the table with a, a muffin cupcake this tall and frosting as tall as the muffin. Not just Awesome Frosty, the kind of cupcake I love. It had coconut on it. I, Satan put that cupcake in front of my chair. <laughs> how are you handling it when you want to eat something that you've committed not to for this season of time? Because this is what I do, and this is what I did. And it was really, it's really profound. I've never done this before. I, I leaned in, and I thought about how good that would taste. I thought about, I would bite the top part of it, and then I would bite this part of it, and then I would bite the top off, and I would give the bread to my wife because <laughs> she likes the muffin and I like the frosting. We were ordained by God to be married <laughs> together. And, and, and I thought about it, and I thought how much I would enjoy it. You know what most of us do when we're fasting? We're thinking, oh, I can't have that. I, can't, I don't want to look at that. No, I want to lean into it and think about how good it is, how much I want that. And then I use it as a tool to help me understand I'm not eating it because I want something even more. I want to reach a deeper desire. I want to grow deeper. I want to be so hungry for God that I wake up in the middle of the night and think, oh, it's not time to get up. David did that. He writes about it in the Psalms. Psalms, I wake up in the watches of the night. I long to meet with my God. I've got to make myself get back to sleep, but I know my alarm's going to go off soon, and then I get to get up and experience His presence. How many of you want that type of relationship with God? I want that kind of relationship with God. Wherever you are, I want to challenge you. Take a step. The last Sunday of this month, It's going to be worship and water baptism. Maybe you've not been baptized in water. Maybe you have and you didn't really apply your faith to what was going on. I want to challenge you. Take a step. If that's you, sign up for that. Maybe you've not really been engaged, involved in the church. You've been more consumer. You show up kind of when it's convenient. It's like any other club in your life. Take a step. Get involved. Get engaged. Fill out that Connect card and let us know. We will walk this out with you. Maybe you hear you say, you know, I'm just not serious in my relationship with Jesus. Take a step. Surrender yourself to him. Just see what God will do. Come on, let's all stand together. Any of those steps, salvation, water baptism family, being part of the church family, as a member of the family God's called you to. Any of those things are part of the step you need to take. And I just want you to lift both your hands up. We're just going to pray together. Just hold them up there. Whatever that step is. Lord, there are lots of hands in this room. There's a tremendous posture of surrender that you've helped us to see and sense as, as we have heard your voice in the midst of all the talking. And I pray, God, that's exactly how we would live our lives, listening to the voice of God in the midst of every moment of our lives. Awaken that within us. We want to take a step today. We acknowledge Jesus. You're the Savior of the world. We need you to redeem us and rescue us as the Messiah who has come. Take us deeper, Lord, we pray, into a genuine, authentic relationship with you where we truly pursue you passionately as outrageously loving people. In Jesus' mighty name. Come on, if you agree Jesus is Lord, you're taking a step forward. Why don't you give him praise and celebration today? Come on, we honor the Lord Jesus Christ.